Greetings and salutations, cool cats and cuties. Welcome, one and all, to the anime podcast of some sort. We're having conversations about Japanimation. I'm David, David Majors. Some people out there call me by my initials, DJM. My co-host, my intrepid co-host, the chicken to my cow, Jack D. Allister. What's up, Jack? Chicken. Well, everything's going just fantastically and not Kentucky Fried, thankfully for me, David. But I think Cow and Chicken really isn't Cow and Chicken without the red guy. So I think we need a third on this podcast. I, I, I really do. Right. I think you're right. But before we introduce our guest, have you ever been to Popeye's Chicken, Jack? Oh, I love that chicken for Popeye's. Eh, there we go. As I uh, might say. Let, let's introduce our guest then. I'm not sure if she's red. We can ask her. Uh, the editor-in-chief of AnimeHerald.com, the incomparable Miss Samantha Herrera. Thank you once again for joining us on APOS and now getting the full anime podcast of some sort experience. Samantha, thank you again for joining us. Hello, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Also, it I is... am wearing a, I am also wearing a red cardigan, so it works. Yes! Now you're here with both of the APOS hosts. I can yell at a guest again! No, Jack. We have to be nice to the guests the first time around. The first time around, we're nice. The next time, we judge them by how much trash they consume. Because that's the one general rule here of APOS. Come as you are, we welcome everybody Unless you go on and on about trash. If you have trash in your Twitter bio, if you constantly talk about trash and how much you love trash and how you're weeb trash, well, probably not. Nobody got time for that. We we might sound like a couple of other podcasts out there that aren't quite as nice. But otherwise, all are welcome. And all are welcome here to talk about cartoons. So let's go around the horn. Let's just start it off. Talking about some anime, because this is allegedly an anime podcast. Uh, Samantha, you're the guest, and the guest goes first. What have you been watching these days? Uh, I've been keeping up with the new season, mostly. Um, I've been watching, say, Zombie Land Saga, Skullface Bookseller Hanasan, uh, Double Decker. It's been a great season so far. It really has been a really good season so far. Uh, a few podcasts back, we were talking with uh, Christopher Kinsey from Anime Outsiders, where he he was making the case to me that this fall season was not going to be as bad as I had assumed. And he was right. So, Chris, deem me adequate. You were correct, sir. Uh, again, Double Decker. Uh, I said this on Twitter. Double Decker has renewed my faith in anime for the season. Uh, it, it lived up to the hype. When it comes to Double Decker, believe the hype. Uh, I'm someone with certain anime that come along. If I see it and it's catching a lot of buzz, I'll check it out. If it's good, I'll say it. Believe the hype. Double Decker is pretty good. I'm, I'm enjoying that one. Uh, also, another one I'm enjoying, SSSS Great Man. And I realized that the title of this show tapped deep into my 1990s psyche. So, Jack, fire up the Wayback Machine, because it's time for another installment of Old Man DJM. Back in the day, as the kids like to say, in the olden days of the 1990s, there was an American toku adaptation 
of a Gridman series. And that show was called Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. And if you want to get peak 90s, this show starred Joey Lawrence's younger brother, Matt Lawrence. And then I realized this show, SSSS Gridman, it had four S's at the beginning. And then I realized, oh my god, it's Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, of course. And and the the Toku kids were like, yes, David, where have you been? Uh, Watching other things that aren't Toku, so don't at me. But yeah, SSSS Gridman is a really fun show. Um, it, It reminded me that Toku can be a lot of damn fun when done really well. And if you're not watching Gridman, check it out. It's it's pretty fun, and it's not too far into its season yet. So SSSS Gridman, it's pretty good, pretty good. Also, uh, it's time for David to talk again about the shows on Netflix that he's really enjoying, because for the majority of 2018, Netflix has been my favorite anime provider. And, and I'm going to start not with Castlevania, because we'll talk about that later in a second. Jack, you might remember way back in spring of 2018, I talked about a show called Junshiki Pandora. Uh, It was a mech show that looked really, really cool. But at the time when I started it, it didn't quite strike me. And I was a little bit let down. But then I saw that it had been picked up by Netflix and would air in the fall on Netflix. So fast forward back to today. The show is now known as Last Hope. And here is something that's really interesting about this show. Sometimes a show needs a dub to work. Uh, This might sound like sacrilege to a lot of anime faithful out there. Not me. But when I started watching Last Hope on Netflix, the dub is extremely well done. Uh, yes, uh, there is a character uh, that is voiced by Bo Billingsley, who literally may just literally be jet black. <laughs> but it's okay, because he's great. Uh, the whole show... You know, and the Netflix whole ca- is doing really great on dub talent, I'm finding. like They uh, are. Really mm. excellent writing, excellent uh, casting. It, it's just, a, it's really excellent to see, because... Dub is dubbing is one of the parts of anime consumption uh, in the West that I really, really love uh, personally, just the craft of it and everything and just voice acting in general. So that's, you know, Netflix is really killing it. But sorry to interrupt you, David. Continue. No, that's fine. Um, yeah. Last Hope, uh, a few episodes in with the dub, I found myself realizing that this was a show I saw earlier in the spring that I had hopes for. And it was now I've realized this show really is enjoyable. The characters are fun, and the ones that aren't quite fleshed out yet are just intriguing enough to make me keep watching. And there is some good mecha action. The CGI for the mecha action is pretty good. And the the city of Neil Shenlong is absolutely beautifully drawn. It is this great mix of cell animation and CGI that's just really, really bright and beautiful and well done. It is this uh, oasis uh, in a post-apocalyptic world that is, uh, in a lot of ways, kind of, if you imagine what a futuristic Shanghai would look like. 
and it is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful city. And yeah, Last Hope, the former Junshiki Pandora, it needed a dub. And the dub is really good. And when you're when you're not too hung up on kind of the awkwardness of the characterization in the the sub in in the original Japanese, uh, the dub helps significantly. So I'm going to recommend a show that I had high hopes for about six months ago, Junshiki Pandora. Now, still on the Netflix tip, All you let's need go. Is dub. Sometimes. <laughs> I, I was going to start going. Oh, no. So so instead of, you know, referencing a classic, classic song that literally nobody hates, you decided to go the angrier. I okay, decided David. to drop the bass. Yes. All right. All Don't right. It's what the kids want. It's what the kids want. What Speaking about of what, what the kids want. Speaking of what the kids are into, actually, Castlevania, uh, season two. I watched season two. I thought it was pretty damn good. Uh, old, tired Dracula, who, who just <laughs> wants people to die, is a very relatable character in 2018 for me. Uh, don't at me. Don't ask me why. Uh, Samantha, have you checked out season two of Dracula, uh, Castlevania yet? I have. Uh, I am about halfway through the second season. And I'm really loving what I'm seeing so far. It's just a wonderful show, beautifully written. The artwork is out of this world. And I, too, love Tired Old Dracula. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jack, uh, Tired Old Dracula and Carmilla, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, <laughs> tired old dracula has been a, a point of discussion for a lot of people recently <laughs> in in my uh, circle i'm not nearly as far as either of you i i just i have i have things including apparently an ancient curse on me but that's beside the point but tired old dracula is really amusing to a lot of people in the fan base and it's really fun to talk about like name one bad thing dracula's done beat the shit out of his son oh but just try and stop him from killing the people who killed his fucking wife next question go 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 leave him alone uh, i love it and if i can say one thing that castlevania makes me the happiest about in this dismal time of animation i don't care what you say not everything looks good consistently 100 percent of the time like it needs to be because that's the literal point of animation this show always looks good it's so good it's so refreshing it makes me very happy that something can look good all the time it can be done it can be done it can and it has with Castlevania. And and as for Camilla, not my favorite, honestly. Not my favorite kind of character. Um, but I feel like I'm the only one on that snub on that uh on that point. I will say so far I don't dislike her uh, after watching the show, but I definitely see why some people would absolutely mm. love Carmilla, I, I understand the appeal. How about you, Samantha? Uh, as a character, she intrigues me. Um, I haven't seen enough to really form a huge opinion yet, but she does interest me. Um, I'd like to see more. I, I will also say that I'm not entirely against writing her off yet. I would also like to uh, get to the end 
Uh, I know that people will often shy away from things when they go, oh, this character gets better or it, you just need to, you know, see more of them to get the context or whatever. You know, I'm not always, you know, against that kind of thing because that's the whole point of fiction. So uh, here's hoping. And I have I have high hopes because Castlevania gives me the license to because it is that good. Sometimes you can have hope, people. It it rarely comes we, around we but need, you can. We need hope in these trying anime times. Uh, after the the split between Funimation and Crunchyroll, we we need something to hope in and Crunchyroll is doing their best uh, as we've seen on animeherald.com. They just revealed a list. Samantha, you brought this story uh, obviously from animeherald.com. Ding. Uh, so tell us a little bit a bit about this story from from Crunchyroll revealing their list. All right. So basically, um Going back a couple of weeks, we learned that the partnership between Crunchyroll and Funimation was dissolving as of uh, November 9th. And earlier, a few days ago, actually, I think it was Saturday, um, Crunchyroll provided a list of 20 high-profile shows that would be leaving their service and 50 dubbed adaptations that would be kind of coming on that they helped produce. So this is one of those cases where... <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, where we've, we're actually seeing some of the nitty gritty, some of the real impact of how this split's going to have um, on generally how we consume anime in general. I mean, there are some high profile tales leaving at the service. Like, uh, let me think. There's uh, uh, just looking at the list here. Uh, Assassination Classroom, Yu Yu Hakusho, mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop, uh, High School DxD, D Gray Man, Steins Gate, and Samurai Shampoo, just mm. to name a few. So, a couple of pretty big shows we got there that, that are Absolutely. leaving Crunchyroll. Absolutely. And it's one that I would. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. I just wanted to say one that I would tend to put on Verve on the app and then just, uh, you know, leave it on and playing in the background because it's excellent background noise that I'm pretty sad I won't be able to access on Verve anymore is Hitalia. That, <laughs> I don't know, funny voices uh, getting drawn Hitalia. cartoons. What can I say? <laughs> yes, yes, That's, yes. It's, it's redonkulous. I'm a history nerd more than I am invested in other parts of that whole series, mm. but... <laughs> were you were you paying <laughs> not attention to... Were you paying attention to the Italia wave when it happened, Jack? Uh, you know, that by I was right on the cusp of that nearly being me, but it bypassed me. I watched the show and got invested in the the voice acting of uh, Funimation because this was kind of one of their uh, really big showcase uh for for a couple years there it was really weird and on the forefront and you know so massively popular. So I watched it and I got interested in you know their whole deal and their industry and everything like it's funny now you get to learn that's why I'm interested in doves weirdly enough but it's good background noise because I'm just so used to all of the the history nuggets that um you know the show draws inspiration from and then also the ridiculously cartoony accents are very fun especially if you know the voice actors and you're familiar with their work (laughs) indeed that's Uh, too bad I won't have that anymore Unless I dig out my DVDs, because I did buy the DVDs. Good for you. Way to support the official release. I'm proud of you. You know how I do. 
Uh, Samantha, back to you. Mm. Uh, talking about all of this that has been happening with Funimation mm. and Crunchyroll mm. and Verve, uh, I'd love to get your opinion because recently I signed up with Verve. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm using their their trial for the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were on a budget and had to pick, but you really are an anime fan, if you had to pick one of the big services, whether it's Crunchyroll or Funimation or Verve or even Hulu to an extent, uh, which one of them would you say right now would probably be the best one to go with? What do you think? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, If I had to guess, I'd probably still say Verve just because not only are getting the Crunchyroll titles, but you're also getting the high dive stuff starting this month. So they're launching with 24, ti- they launched with 24 titles and they're going to get the entire 500 title library in there by the end of the month. So that's another that includes, 500 shows to watch. That includes my eternal beloved Razafon. Yes. My, my love, the, the love of my anime life, <laughs> Razafon. Uh, and getting to watch Razafon on a big screen again is something that I'm really looking forward to a lot. Cause that's that's my love. That's my that's my first love, Razafon. Everyone watch it, it. And it includes my beloved You're Under Arrest. Yes. That's a good one too. That is a good. Oh yeah. One. Uh, and so of course, me- if you're not necessarily in the mood for Japanimation, then it's got all your uh, nostalgic favorites. So Verve definitely to me still feels like a very good value, personally. Got your nineties for- Nickelodeon content Rocco modern life just in case you feel a little bit overwhelmed by the technology starved days of today did you see that um that joe murray was actually working yeah yes yes yeah i'm very excited how close Mm. are we to that that new rocco wasn't that supposed Uh, to come out this year I've heard a very cryptic, there have been delays, and that's as oh. far as I know. So there's your cartoon news for the week, folks. No. Well, hopefully Ooh. it's only delays and it doesn't end up in developmental hell, because being the uh, 90s kid, that that would be great to peace, see. Hey, Arnold, projects and mm. various aspects mm. of their... No, those got done. Those got done. The hype- yeah, eventually. Yeah, well, they, they did. To be fair, Listen, that, I don't want that to happen if that a cling. Agreed. But but they did happen eventually. Eventually, eventually. they came. So, so sometimes you have to be really, 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 really patient. Yes. Uh, c- kind of like with dubbing. Uh, like we, we have all of these uh, 50 shows that will have English dubs. Uh, on Crunchyroll uh, as a part of the the amicable split with Funimation. So I don't know. Maybe it's just me and maybe it's just because I'm from the old school. I never think of Crunchyroll for dubbing. Not necessarily hiring the voice acting talent and all of that, but having licensed dubs. Uh, Because I'm from the old school and I know how Crunchyroll started, I never think of them for dubbing. Uh, Samantha, this to me is is new and unusual at the same time I know that it isn't. What do you think? Uh, I can definitely see it being kind of a uh, a bit of a culture shock because, as you said, Crunchyroll has never been the dub company. They've always been pretty much the uh, the subtitle company. They started as a fan sub, Dan, let's be honest. Um, and 
they kind of grew from there, but they've really expanded out on that stuff. Um, so, especially in the past year, they've gone above and beyond with foreign language jobs. Like, they actually have a TV block in, um, in I believe it's Brazil, where they have po- Brazilian Portuguese jobs for shows. They did um, ReZero, uh, for example. So, they've really been building out that infrastructure. And that's actually pretty cool. Um, mm. Crunchyroll has a parent company, because so they have money too, like Funimation. So uh, it's why I've been saying this split mostly seems amicable between Crunchyroll mm. and Funimation. It seems like a, a conscious uncoupling. Mm. It's, it's a conscious uncoupling, like a and, and they're doing their best for the kids, uh, the kids being the anime. They're they're trying to do the best they can with with custody battles and, and custody rights, but just looking at the list of English dubs they have, well, it's a lot of them. I'll say it's that a, it's a lot of them. Huge. I, yeah. One that's concerning me, especially, but that's because it's my baby. Even though it's been a problem child, is Ace Attorney. I'm not mm, yeah. sure how I feel about that being – I mean, I don't know. We don't know how Crunchyroll's going to be, but, I, you know, I would have rather somebody else – it is what it is. I'm going to watch the dub anyway. Well, they, they got 91 days. Uh, <laughs> because that favorite yeah. of it is. Yep. But uh, looking, that would be interesting. looking at this list, uh, they're – Maybe they're just anime that's not on my periphery, but if they are on yours, go ahead and at me and tell mm. me how wrong I am. Uh, Mob Psycho 100 is now airing on Toonami, uh, and I believe that was the deal with Crunchyroll, now airing mm-hmm. something on Toonami, so good for them. Uh, and yeah, th- there were a lot of shows that Crunchyroll saved for dub purposes, Mm-hmm. All 50 of them? I, I don't know, Samantha. It just seemed like hmm, not exactly a lot of top-tiered names on this one. Again, I loved 91 Days. I tried to evangelize mm-hmm. that show, but otherwise, not a not a mega popular list. Well, Space Patrol yeah. is quite good, I would say. Yeah, and Shotgun of Town of the Evil does get a lot of play, so it's it's kind of mixed. Like, Ancient Magus... Ancient- I can't talk tonight. <laughs> uh, Ancient Magus Bride, for example, was a big title last year, and um, <clears throat> excuse me, and we're it's kind of like this mixed bag of these big titles that are just smattered among these little tiny things. And then there oh. was Joker Game, which was a David show. Uh, regular listeners of the podcast, if if you know David shows at this point, Joker Game was a David show, but uh, <laughs> but again, n- and- not mega popular. And Nanbaka was a Jack show, and it was equally not very popular. Although I knew I knew there was a fan base. Uh, Samantha, is I there a Samantha show on this on this list? Do, do you see a Samantha show? Uh, aside from Gintama, Nanbaka. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Nanbaka is pretty solid. It is. It's it, it's very colorful. It's very funny, mm-hmm. and it involves basically the Japanese version of Super Jail as a plot. How could I not love it? Yeah, it, it's basically the Gintama It's Super team. Jail, but as an anime, so it looks good. You kidding me? Of course. It, it's Super that, Jail that by the Gintama good. team. <laughs> yeah. That sounds pretty damn good. Matter of fact, that sounds damn good. Uh, 
Another thing that sounds damn good is the soundtrack to a video game that I just started. Uh, there was a weekend demo of the upcoming game Tetris Effect. Uh, have either of you guys have have either of you guys caught this? Uh, I am aware that it existed as I have just finished uh, boning up on the history of Tetris. And the last thing that was mentioned was that the Tetris Foundation was making this game. Okay. I love pizza um, Tetris. I, again, hashtag old man DJM. I have been enjoying Tetris off and on since the OG monochrome Game Boy. So t- Tetris Dang. is something that I... I hold very near and dear to my heart. And the demo for Tetris Effect came out this weekend, and it is coming out uh, full release on November 9th. And first of all, this game is going to be something really special on VR uh, in terms of visuals and music and pacing and just overall experience. This game is going to be special in VR. Now, playing the game, I I enjoyed it. One because it's Tetris and Tetris is fun. Also, the the music and the visuals that are happening with the game in the background. Uh, how do I put this? Um. Well, full disclosure, everybody. Uh, th- there have been certain comparisons to uh, certain things that you experience uh, in this game. Uh, I will tell everyone. I have, once in my life, had a trip on psilocybin mushrooms and had the effects of serotonin and DMT in my system. And people that are making that comparison, it's not entirely far off. And it is a visual joy that I can only imagine what it would be like in VR. Uh, Samantha, have you checked out Tetris Effect? Uh, sadly, I missed the demo, um, but I am really looking forward to the final release. Um, it's a beautiful game. It really is a beautiful game. Mm. And uh, I saw a interview, uh, about a 25-minute interview with the, the devs earlier today before we recorded. And th- there is a story as well. There is a whole story and concept behind the Tetris effect. So... I'm really interested in seeing where this is going. It's on PS4. It's a PS4 exclusive. But uh, I I do honestly think... Sorry, Jack. This should be a Vita game as well. Sorry, Jack. Uh, It it really should be. You're right. You're absolutely right. That that thing, um, Luminous, is quite similar to uh, some more modern iterations of Tetris, and it was a fantastic game uh, on the Vita. It was a really excellent Vita port. It was pretty much made for portable systems like that. And that that's what Tetris was. It's like Tetris built itself on being something you could carry and, and never stop playing. So I, I can't see why something like this wouldn't be on a handheld system if Sony ever gave a shit about their handheld systems. Mm-hmm. The right mm-hmm. to the handheld, uh, the rights to Tetris on a handheld was really insane in you know, the OG Game Boy days, which is why I am also very proud to say that I own, you know, a magnificent OG black and white Game Boy copy. So, you know, I'll be looking forward to hearing more about this because I always love following the new Tetris games. 
especially for the competitive uh, side of things. I always love seeing like marathon Tetris runs or things like that. Do you think this could be possible uh, on that on that front, David? You think people oh, would have an definitely. interest in it? I, I have already seen more than a few pro Tetris players putting up let's plays of just the demo alone, just the demo. Awesome! And it's been <clears throat> hours and hours of them playing the demo and. Uh, there was early on when the game got announced, uh, Nick Robinson uh, did an interview with uh, one of the old Tetris players, one of the old pros, uh, and gave him a chance to play Tetris Effect uh, just normally and in VR, and he absolutely loved it. So from what I am seeing, a lot of pro Tetris players are really taking to Tetris Effect, and it just seems like a beautiful, beautiful game. Uh, I don't know if it's full price yet or not. I don't know for sure. Uh, but if it isn't, if it's even marked even a little bit down, it's worth it. I, I'm I'm really excited to play more of this. And it's I've, I've got the Tetris effect in my brain. And I want more. I want more. Now, there was this story that got put in the doc about Devil May Cry. That really, that really caught my attention. Uh, Devil May Cry is getting a stage play adaptation. Unfortunately, there isn't really all that entertaining uh, news in the document. It's just a uh, cast listing, uh, but it will be debuting in uh, the D. Uh, sorry, I just had it too. It is the Zep Diver City venue in Tokyo. I thought this was going to be like long, long, long time ago, David. Pre APOS, back in the in the previous uh, iteration of our anime nerdingness together, when we heard a news article about uh, the Death Note musical that was going to be uh, a thing, and I thought this was similar, to that, and I was all ready to bring in all of my jokes, and it's just a stage play, unfortunately, <laughs> but that's still really interesting to me because uh, of my my interest in theater, but. Now all of my jokes are just gone to waste. Uh, but it, it could be the the DMC version, but but it looks like it won't be. Yeah, looking like it. It's called it is called Devil May Cry the Live Hacker and it is showing twice on in 2019 in March and tickets look like they're going to be really pr pretty steep as far as uh, this kind of production goes, although it is a big special event with big star studded cast looks like, but they're going about 68 us dollars, 69 us dollars for regular seating. And for premium, you'd be paying a cool 86.50. Samantha, uh, are you ready to see and hear Dante from the Devil May Cry series singing and doing musical numbers? Are you ready for this? Only if it's cutscene Dante. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't want any of that scrub player Dante going on there. <laughs> oh, man, no. I really want that now where, where uh, <laughs> it's a kid playing the kid and just trying to he's inexperienced and he's trying to get through. And so it's a song. It's like a big patter song of frustration. And like all of these demons behind me, I can't fight these demons behind me. There's demons in front of me, demons beside of me, demons beside of me. 
What I would hope is that the the DMC reboot of Devil May Cry uh, maybe gets it gets its own thing, and it's like a a rock performance where it's like really loud, angsty metalcore because that that's essentially what that game was, and mm-hmm. I, I want that for for my own amusement mostly. They don't if need I to can, get... sorry. Yeah. Right, they, Sorry, don't to, they don't need to turn that iconic exchange, that fuck you know, fuck you, fuck you know, into an operetta. Come on, let's yes. be honest. It would have yes. to be. Yes. Yes. This this needs to be like its own version of the HMS Pinafore mixed with classic Devil May Cry tracks. <laughs> it'll be like Spring Awakening, if anyone is familiar with that production, where it's uh, an old German boarding school and then just a rock opera the half, other half of the time. <laughs> I want this oh my gosh and unfortunately this is not a musical this is a a mere stage production so my 350 page script will have to go back into the into the the junk drawer for now until next year david until uh jack what's going on with smash since we're talking about video games now you 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 mentioned this (laughs) thing about smash what's going on well, before I get into that, I did want to mention this during Around the Horn, but I I uh, neglected to get to it. That um, uh, I am also watching Skullface bookseller Honda-san, and I just wanted to give a quick shout out to one of our listeners at Ed the Crimson on Twitter, who was letting me know how much he was enjoying the series and saying Inferno Cop is definitely one of my favorite trigger shows. As I had mentioned, it's quite reminiscent in the animation style. And that he hadn't laughed as hard since Cromartie High School. So this guy's got some good taste. And I just wanted to give him a real good shout out there because, you know, those are some excellent, excellent shows. And Honda-san is fantastic. Um, so Smash Brothers, David. Oh, boy. I, I got to tell you, like, everyone everyone listening to this podcast should know by this point that Jack isn't really all that fond of Smash uh, in the general sense, but boy, is it the gift that keeps on giving when it comes to fan outrage and all these announcements happen and new characters show up and they're completely the opposite of what all these hardcore idiots want. Like, why didn't I get Goku? Why did you give me this plant in a pot, Nintendo? Like, because how how, they how long them. have I been asking to see John Cena in Smash, Jack? How long? I, I want I want that I want that too I just want this to continue to be the biggest meme because it's getting really funny to me uh, I mean the this the the, the, <laughs> the one, one more quick one around David. the horn w- one more quick one around the horn uh, oh, Samantha yeah. uh, who do you think dealt with more fan angst in the last couple of days Nintendo or Blizzard Oh geez that's a hard one I mean <laughs> they both got I mean, that's a hard one. They've, I've seen screaming from both camps, so I, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I had to wager, I'd probably say probably Blizzard, but I don't know. This is tough. so tough. It's so close. Oh, what happened with Blizzard? I'm unfamiliar. Uh, all right. Okay. So, Go gaming. ahead, Samantha. All right. News, so, guys. As you're aware, last weekend was the uh, BlizzCon convention. So they basically said, don't expect anything for Diablo, anything big for Diablo, don't anything, expect anything big for Diablo, but we are going to have something Diablo-related. So people got into this huge tizzy, said, oh my god, it's going to be a Diablo 4, and you know, so 
when the time came, they announced that they were going to release a Diablo mobile game. I can't remember the title of it, but it was, it looks kind of shoddy. It's I believe not worth Diablo talking. Forever is what it's called. <laughs> but it's like it, looks kind, it looks kind of shoddy. It doesn't look too great. It's, you know, it's a thing. And it just sparked this anger. Like, during the actual announcement, someone just walked one up to the mic and said, tell me this is an April Fool's joke. And then they started getting booed. And then they... People started just sending out death threats and things like that. It just got ugly. This sounds like an Onion article to me. <laughs> oh, it totally is. Like, like, I'm just imagining it's like Diablo 4 hyphen <laughs> Like that kind of shit. Like Valve announces Half-Life 4 for the Switch. But only if you play it upside down underwater <laughs> on a camel's back. <sighs> Now, oh match, gosh, matching that, Jackson, what's happening with Smash? Okay, so um, I'll just go ahead and go with what Nintendo did previously, and then I'll get into the ridiculous leaks that were happening leading up to this, because Super Smash Brothers is nothing if not full of, if full of amazing meme-worthy leaks. So, David, uh, the Nintendo Direct came and went as did October. And our new coming characters are as follows for the first slew of them. There's going to be five DLC characters, but that's in the future for people to get angry about later. Right now, we have Dark Samus, Daisy, Krom from Fire Emblem, I guess. I am so unfamiliar with Fire Emblem. The recent addition of Ken Masters as an Echo Fighter, so basically a clone of Ryu, so not surprising there. The Inklings from Splatoon, the fan choice Ridley, another fan choice King K. Rule, Simon and Richter from Castlevania as Echoes of One Another, Isabel from Animal Crossing because there has to be one of those, Incineroar from Pokemon I'm unfamiliar, but I'm pretty sure that's one of the latest generations that it's uh, from. Incineroar was also one of the major characters in Pokemon Tournament as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that makes sense. It's a very fighterly looking Pokemon, and so you know I'm down for that. Whatever, but I'm not even going to play the game. So what do I care? And the pre-order character that will be free if you purchase the game for retail is has been announced. It's piranha plant in a pot, and the fan outrage is hilarious. If you need anything to just get you get you a good laugh, just look for the memes. Look for the memes. Who would win? A mere generations of fans asking for fan favorites or one potted boy. It's it's just been marvelous to look through, including, you know, the the, the fan outrage. I do agree on one thing. Uh, you know, some of the assist trophies like Isaac from Golden Sun merely being an assist trophy again. Uh, I know that the Sonic fans are pretty bummed that Knuckles had been announced to be a new assist trophy as well, as opposed to a playable character. But, David, the real bread and butter... <laughs> isn't even what Nintendo did. It's what the internet did. And the internet leaked a thing. You're not going to believe where this came from, David. Um, But there was an alleged leak in a French printing company uh, on Snapchat that had this entire 
uh, layout of the printed character banners that Nintendo has to continually change every time they add a new godforsaken character to their hell roster. So this was brought into legitimacy, people believe, because this was also a printing company that had... (sighs) access to also previously unseen leaked promotional assets and art for the goddamn <laughs> illumination how the Grinch stole Christmas movie <laughs> I can't make this shit up how the Grinch leaked smash ultimate <laughs> that is really something Unfortunately, has been debunked, but these get crazier every time, David. I just remember. I still You're remember Smash one. 4. For- He's a man. <laughs> Waluigi's still dead. The Smash kids are pissed off, and you don't really care. He's a man. Sakurai's trying so desperately to give you. Everything you want. I saw a gif of the Nintendo Direct where one of the devs at Nintendo just started his his part of the show by saying, I wonder if I'll ever get a break. And he just, like, dropped his head. Yeah, that's Sakurai. Can I just say... To to people, I I know that you know our our fans. You're you're not you're not you don't have trash in your URL, and you're not spending your days living in trash. And Smash isn't trash, though it may rhyme, and I might seem brash. But if I could simply rehash my opinion, sorry, I'll stop that now. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing wrong with having fun with this extremely fun party fighter. But you really got to take it down a notch, people. You really do. Even though I am having a blast seeing people be annoyed about these kinds of things, don't take it into the level that it gets. You know, seriously, Sakurai, every time I see him, I feel so bad because he just looks so tired. And I felt with what little footage I did see of the Nintendo Direct uh, that he just seemed to have that placid look of I've done everything I can. I've done everything. It is done. Please let me rest. Let I mean, him is he rest. Saying that, is he saying that to the fans or Nintendo? Because uh, honestly, he's saying it with his eyes. <laughs> there, there's <laughs> been a lot of talk lately. There's been a lot of talk lately about uh, game companies and and the crunch. We've heard a lot about that lately uh, with oh, Rockstar yeah. Games and Red Dead Redemption 2. <clears throat> hey, maybe it's time we start putting that spotlight on Nintendo. Hello, Nintendo. Mm. The future's calling. Stop burning your people out. Please. Please. And, uh, and it also, started with John you know, it was, a, it was a relatively... It was a relatively tragic story, too, of, uh, you know, the downfall of Telltale. I, you know, I was just sifting through all of that because as a fan of their really early stuff where they were trying, you know, experimental things and, you know, the Sam and Max series uh, reboot and all that stuff, which was incredible. You know, it's just really, really sad to see these, you know, 
nightmare stories uh, recounted of development hell and, you know, overwork, overtime, all these hours. Just please take care of your people. This can't be how it goes. I can't join this workforce like this. I can't work under these conditions. And they're not unionized. They're not Mm-mm. unionized. Mm. So the least that Nintendo fans can do who are really determined, really dead set on seeing your fan favorites in there. It's a huge game. It's a huge roster. Not very many games get to that huge level. Like the one I can think of offhand is, uh, you know, like some of the later Guilty Gears, not Zard because, you know, that that really shrunk the roster just because of the animation style. But, uh, you know, those games... And I don't even think they're to that extent of how massive that this cast is. So, you know, not even you the have a lot. tag games were this big. Mm. You you have a mm. lot, Smashers. And enjoy it. And, you know, I can give you hell all I can for how you basically shut out 90% of the, the fun of the game when you play competitively. But just have fun. Is it so hard to have fun in this day and age? We've been having fun, right, guys? But I don't Debatably. have my main. I don't have my main. <laughs> so the if only we... way to fix that is to yell at the developer on Twitter. It's the only way well, to fix it. There is one game that will let you have any character you want. Be it Marge Simpson, Robbie Rotten, or Kefka, my favorite villain from the Final Fantasy series, because he's from the one Final Fantasy game that I believe matters. And that's Soul Calibur Six. Can we just can we just yeah. move Soul to real Calibre fighting six. games now? Real Soul fighting Calibre games. Six. Now, here I I actually have a bone to pick with Soul Calibur Six, and I actually have a bone to pick with Bandai Namco. I'm a big right. Bandai Namco fan. I everyone knows I love me some Tekken. Uh, I dabbled in some Soul Calibur back in the day. Now. Just from my observation, the most popular thing about Soul Calibur VI, uh, by all accounts, is the character creator. And the more that I think about this, and the more that I think about what Tekken is doing with new characters and all of that, I'm going to say something very, very niche and very, very obscure. Jack, Samantha, I'm not too sure that I like how Bandai Namco and a lot of these games are kind of abandoning their legacy characters and abandoning their stories. Because as someone who's been a fan of Tekken and someone who's been a fan of Soul Calibur, I like their modes that they do that are that have RPG elements in Soul Calibur. Mm. I liked caring about the story in Tekken. I'm I'm one of those weirdos that I like my fighting games to have good single player campaigns and good stories. And You're damn right. And yes, Soul Calibur games have had really crazy in-depth character creations for a long, long time, but I'm seeing very little actual gameplay uh, from people that are enjoying this game. The, The only people that I'm really seeing playing the game are the pros, the pro players that will stream on their Twitch channel that they're practicing the game for upcoming tournaments but i'm not really seeing this game 
catch on with fans beyond the character creator. And it makes me think the same thing with Tekken, that Tekken is just kind of abandoning what made it Tekken for the sake of cashing in on new characters and new things that aren't really a part of it. And originally, I thought I was really okay with this. And it turns out I'm not, which is weird. You know, it's Uh, really... I, I agree with you now that I think about it because my favorite game in the Soul Calibur series was three. I thought that had the most, you know, in-depth story modes and it had the RPG light, uh, you know, conquest character rush, that kind of deal. All really excellent game modes. It was very fun. And, you know, they had like you had quick time events and decisions to make in the story mode and everybody had branching endings so you had to play through them multiple times like that stuff's really cool and you know i guess the thing i can tell you david it's it's a really sad solace to take but you know at the very least we're getting that from the the fighting games from arc system works because holy cow are we getting that from from the Arc System Works games. Mm. You know, Blaze Blue yeah. and Guilty Gear are going to get you where y- you've lost it from other games. I know that's that's pretty sad when you don't have it for Tekken, when you don't have mm. the full picture that we all remember. Well, And, and I'm sorry, mm. Tekken 7 single-player content is is inexcusable. It, it, it's just absolutely inexcusable. Uh, Samantha, after my spiel on Soul Calibur, uh, have you checked it out? Oh, how are you feeling about it? Uh, well, to be honest, um, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm, I haven't really dabbled much into character creator just because that's not my thing, but I've kind of likened it to the creator wrestler systems in that man, like the WWE games for God, it feels like forever now. So oh, yeah. it's one of those things where I've just kind of said, all right, it's kind of there. They can. That's there. And while it does definitely take away from some of the single player elements, it's something where if it gets people playing a game, it at least allows more resources to be put in. If I remember correctly, um, Soul Calibur 6 in particular, um, there were a lot of will there or won't there be another game. And if this is going to ensure that we're going to get a Soul Calibur 7 with a bigger focus on, say, the single player then i'm all for it that that is a fair point that is a fair point and maybe maybe there's just since since i haven't gotten soul caliber six yet maybe it's something that i'm missing maybe the single player content Mm. is there maybe it is Uh, i have not picked the game up Mm. yet so maybe i'm wrong there is i i have Mm. also not done that because it's really expensive it is a meaty game still. It's a very it's a very fun, very meaty game. There's a good amount to it. It's just that this seems to be a thing that gets the most attention because it was like say I'm gonna go into to my old lady mode for a second here. It was like going back to the PS2 years when SmackDown 3 first came out. And this was like uh, the, yes. the most advanced creative fighter system known to man at that point. And that was kind of what got a lot of the focus, despite the fact they completely redid the story mode, redid everything else, because, well, there's just so much to being able to just shove whatever stupid, crazy things into this game 
that it makes it appealing. Uh, I I definitely understand that point of view, and I I do understand that, but mm. I I also want to play Mitsurugi. Period. Point blank. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So character creation has always taken you know the cheesy backdrop of these tales of souls with these very classic mm. fantasy backgrounds and character stylings and armor and and weapons and such, and given people probably one of the more fun creative outlets. I think it really comes down to, you know, the atmosphere of the game mm. is one that a lot of people really get to dig into. So they love to be like my epic warrior. I'm going to remake Arthur from ghouls and goblins. If you're me, for example. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun, but mm. I do also very much care about Mitsurugi and Talek mm. and my, my hell circle, uh, blade, ballet clown lady Tira because she was a lot of fun. I loved her. I love that weapon a lot. It's very unique. Actually, I've seen a Homer Simpson recently who uses the uh, the Bifrost version of that weapon, which is colorful enough to look like it has pink frosting and jimmies on it. So and <laughs> it's the great very amusing. And the great thing about a new Soul Calibur game, there will always be brand new Ivy cosplayers. Giggity, giggity. Giggity, giggity. <laughs> you you can at me at call me DJM for being uh, a dirty old man <laughs> just then if you feel so inclined. Uh, but we're gonna wrap this up, Samantha. Thank you so much for joining us for an anime podcast of some sort in full, full, crystal clear podcast quality. Uh, tell us what we've got going on at AnimeHerald.com and just where we can find all your stuff online. All right. Well. Thank you. First off, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Um, I can be found at AnimeHerald.com, um, Twitter.com slash Sam underscore AnimeHerald. And we actually run a Patreon, um, Patreon.com slash AnimeHerald. Um, we are working on some exclusive pieces for our readers that should be coming up very soon. Um, in, t- in addition to behind the scenes pieces, classic content, we really try and make that dollar, $5 a month worth it for anyone that wants to check us out. That's patreon.com slash anime Herald and anime Herald.com. Samantha, thank you so much for joining us. It's been absolutely awesome to have you like full on for a whole hour almost for, for APOS. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here. Uh, Jack, Another APOS is in the can. We did it. The seven deities kept your internet up, kept your computer working. So what have you got going on? It looks like I've appeased them what, with what's my your in, offering what's of your grapes Instagram, and cheats. What's your Instagram handle these days? Ah, well, I haven't changed it back from its spooky October variation. So I guess I'll keep it for a few more weeks as you search for Rock Behind the Horror Reel. Uh, right now, I'm just putting up my artwork, and you can always uh, support me on coffee for my doodles, even request a doodle in that case, or fill out commission me. I've got my prices listed on Jack D. Tyler D. on Twitter. And also my coffee is coffee.com slash he Jack because he Jack, he artist, he, he draw, 
he drew a lot of DuckTales recently because I'm caught up on that. So if you also want to at me and talk about that new series or the old Carl's Barks uh, comics, because that's where I'm coming from as a fan, because I didn't watch the first series because I didn't want that earworm stuck in my head. And now it's but but it came back. They didn't change the theme song. They didn't change the theme song. They wanted that earworm to return. It's one of the greatest theme songs ever. I still believe that the greatest will always be when there's trouble you call DW. Especially that last emphatic, you better watch out, you bad boys. Let's get dangerous. Duck wing duck. So yeah, yell at me about the Disney afternoon at Jack D. Tyler D. on Twitter, Rock Behind the Horror Reel on Instagram, or just donate to my coffee. Do all that good stuff, because I am there to do it. Jack, if I may make a suggestion for November, because I am I am pro-Thanksgiving. I'm a Thanksgiving guy. So I'm going to oh, yeah. make a suggestion for Instagram. Rock Behind the Turkey Trot. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, or tur- or even turkey, uh, turkey trucks. We actually have turkey trucks here. It's weird. I'll think about it. Rock behind the turkey trot. <laughs> so thanks All everybody right. for listening to the anime podcast of some sort. Celebrate Thanksgiving in November. You can push off Christmas for as long as you can. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Tune In. Uh, all those other places where I, I might start putting the podcast on YouTube one of these days, but everywhere where regular podcasts can be found, the anime podcast of some sort is there, including on Spotify. I know there was a funky thing with Spotify, but I talked with Spotify. We got that taken care of. And of course, DeltaJulietMike.com. Thank you all so much for listening to the anime podcast of some sort, and we'll have conversations about Japanimation very very soon gobble down that pocky 